Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Good morning. We are on page Tuf Lamed Hay, second paragraph, about four, four or five lines down. First word on the line is Hagashmium. Um, we spent a tremendous amount of time dealing with the complexities, the subtleties um, of the Eved Nehman. <clears throat> it's not a black and white issue. As we began learning this long ago, these categories seem to us to be fairly straightforward. Well, they're far from straightforward. And of course, the, the ideal pedagogy in terms of coming to some deep grasp of these <clears throat> levels and these inyonim is to begin simple and then to repeat adding layers and layers of complexity, layers and layers of meaning, layers of profundity, and that's the most fabulous pedagogic style of the Rebbe, is that it, we're actually cycling again and again through the idea of the Evid Poshut, the Evid Neman, uh, and as we go through it, we're developing our concepts of these two uh, categories, <clears throat> and we're developing some depth in a very sequential, very hierarchical and systematic way. Um, the Rebbe was not called the Maimonides of Hasidus for nothing. So now, we have moved on from the, well, we're moving on, uh, at least for the time being, from the Evid Nehman uh, to the Evid Poshet. And uh, as we've heard before, the Evid Poshet um, uh, is, is Poshet. What does that mean? It means, in his eyes, he is literally nothing. He has nothing. Um, he is not, he's a person who serves with absolute bittle. Um, he has one concern in life, namely, what does the master want? Whatever the master wants, whatever the master demands or commands, um, that's his sing only preoccupation. Um, it's not that the man is empty or he has no personality or he's a zombie. Uh, the Rebbe pointed out, uh, or we went through last, uh, last time, the idea that, in fact, he does. He's the, the person is, has a goof, he has an efshabamis, he has a nature, he has a teva. Uh, and in his case, that guf, nefshabamis, and teva are particularly lowly, and they're particularly coarse. And therefore, um, they're very demanding. They put tremendous demands on this person. What with all that, he does not, uh, exceed, not only does not accede to their demands, uh, he squashes them. He completely negates anything he might want or think uh, in, uh, in the service of the master. He's totally bitter of the master. He belongs to the master, mind, body, and soul. <clears throat> now, the fact that he has a personality, that he has tithes, he has wants, he has a nature, means that this is not like an ox to the yoke. Ox to the yoke has no choice in the matter. He does. He's a human being. And therefore, this avaita is his. It really is a self-generated uh, mastery of self, a self-generated bittle to the master, um, and it's, it, uh, it's entirely of his making or of his, his doing. Now, he, he does not credit himself with this. There is, it's, it's, it's not his in the sense that he is proud of himself or he has tainug from it or he has pleasure from it or satisfaction in any manner, shape, or form. This is what he's got to do, period. That's what it is. All the, whatever comes out of it in terms of emotional benefit or, or whatever else, that belongs to the master. That's not his business. That's not him. Very, very remarkable and very, very difficult type of avoider to, uh, to really grasp, to understand. Um, so his uh, his is absolute. So now, of course, the other question, which is extremely important, which comes up and which is very difficult to grab. Uh, so what what motivates him? 
he is behaving in a most singular manner, a most unique manner, um, in, a, in, an extreme, in an extreme manner. What, what's his motivation? Now, in the case of the Evidemon, it's quite simple what the motivation is. The motivation is an, a fabulous love he has for the master. Uh, and this fabulous love he has for the master uh, is, is the, uh, results in a hiskashras, a connection with the master. He just cannot do enough to bring tainug to his master, to bring pleasure to his master, to make his master happy. Um, that's his goal in life because of this intense, uh, all-consuming love he has for the master. Where does this come from? Well, it comes from uh, a idea. It comes from knowledge. Uh, what, knowledge of what? Knowledge of Ain Soif. We're going to have to go back to the nimshal. It comes from a knowledge of divinity, a knowledge of Ein Soif, a knowledge of the highest levels of Ein Soif, a knowledge of Ein Soif of the, of the Hisnasus of Ein Soif, of the, of the transcendence of Ein Soif. And the, this perception and this awareness, uh, uh, almost, not almost, leads to an intense yearning and desire to bring pleasure, intense love uh, to bring, and a desire to bring pleasure to to the master. Now we can take it a step further. Where does this Yidiyavasaga come from? Well, that comes to us to, 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 in a large extent from the fact that the root of the uh, Eved Nemon uh, is very close to Arin Saif. It's very lofty. The Eved Nemon is a soul of the higher levels of, uh, of, of Bria, basically. It could be uh, a neshama of Chub of Debriya. It could be a neshama of Zah Debriya. That's all the same thing. Not all the same thing. It isn't the same thing. But it's, the idea is that these are extremely lofty neshamas. Let us, just because we talk about Atzilus and Biyah, and again, we tend to be black and white, categorize Atzilus, oh, that's something just out of this world, which it is. And, and Bria, it's more or less creation. Bria, 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 yes, and even Bria is... Uh, not so, not so. There's a tr- that the the, um, the the kedusha of Bria, the world of Bria, which is uh, the the location of Gan Eden Elyon, the Heichalos of Bria, is uh, Im- immensely lofty, immensely transcendent, immensely. I mean, we can't even begin to think in terms of the kedusha and the intensity of the or in Bria. Now, it is not at Silas. This is true. It is an oilim. Uh, the concept of Bria is applicable to it, but it's a very, very edel Bria. It's what's called Eshrius Bria, the possibility of Bria. So what we have here then is a neshama, which is not a neshama of Atzilus, which means that it, it, a neshama of Atzilus, uh, there has no choice, basically. It is what it is. It's Atzilus, uh, as Atzilus is walking down here, let's say, of the neshama that comes into this world. Um, it is a, the neshama of a ben, of a son, of a child, who is what he is because his father is who he is, and the relationship is that of etzim to etzim, a son to a child. Neshamas of, of Bri, even the lofty neshamas of Bri, are, are servants. They're not children. They're not part of the king's family. They're not extensions of the king. But they have an awareness that's just absolutely uh, unbelievable, absolutely superb. And there are levels. There are very various dargas depending upon the, the, the status within um, the, world, uh, the world that the neshama is in, and of course from world to world. Um, so the, we go back to the idea of the uh, Eved Neman. So it began, begins with a, an absolute love. The love comes from a fabulous knowledge. The knowledge, to a large extent, comes from a revelation to this neshama by virtue of the status and stature of the neshama within Seder Shtal So we have some, some concept of, 
of the flow of, or the, the dynamic in the relationship between the Evid Nemon and the, and the Odin. In the case of the um, Evid Pajut, he is the lowest of the low. His neshama comes from a lowly place, a lowly level in Seder Shtalshalis. Moreover, it is uh, obstructed in many, many different ways. It comes by way of concealment uh, and what have you. It's not uh, inclined, it is not a natural vessel for holiness, Kedusha. It, it, in terms of Seichel and Midas, um, it is uh, highly restricted uh, and diminutive uh, as it's it's a extremely coarse guf with an extremely coarse nefshabamis. This <coughs> individual is humrius. That's what he is. That's what he's made out. Of. That's his teva from top to bottom, from the top of his <coughs> uh, uh, aware neshama, shall we say, to the bottom of his feet. This person is coarse. Uh, his ruchnius is coarse. By coarse, I don't mean evil, God forbid, necessarily. But it's it's grub. It's physicalized. It's it. He the man has no sensibility of of spirituality or kedusha. This man is a perfect servant. He negates all of that on his own steam. He chooses to negate all of of that um, in order to serve the king completely and totally. Therefore, his, his obsession <coughs> is with the will of the king. That's all. He doesn't know what he's doing, why he's doing He doesn't have a love to the king. He has no escachos to the king. He has no understanding of the king. He must serve the king. Uh, it, the, it's, this is Mitzad, we learned before, instead of Ava, this would be Mitzad Yira. His absolute awe of the king is what drives him. Simple as that. He's totally, completely awed uh, by the Melech. And the Ratzon of the Melch is the only thing that matters to him. He doesn't understand, he doesn't know, he doesn't feel, he gets no gratification. What he does isn't even his. So, and so this, this, is, this is a motivation of Etzem. Somehow or another, the Etzem of the king has been piled on him this tremendous this tremendous self-abnegation, this tremendous bittle. Anyway, this is more or less where we're holding. So we go back to this line. If ein Iker... His job in this world, his efforts, his exertion, what he does, is not in Elukus. It's not like the, the, the Eved Naman, whose service is in divinity. His service is purely physicality. Why? Because he's given over. He's, he's devoted to Yonim Gashmi. That's who he is. That's what he is. That's what he's made out of. That's where his perspective lies, is in Gashmi. That's his teva. Um, therefore, his olavoida really is subjugation of that teva. Umamele. Um, it goes without saying, he does not have much in the way of Hasaga of Elukus. In order to use his mind to come to some grasp, some Inyan Eluki. It's an immense exertion. It's not natural for him. It's not normal for him. It's contrary to what his mind is. It's contrary to what his brain is. It's contrary to who he is. In order to have any kind of a hasog at all in an Inyan Eluki, he has to sweat it out completely and totally. So the question is, why does he need a Because that's what the king wants. That's one of the commandments of the king. One of, the, one of God's uh, commandments is to know God. 
So he does whatever he can, however he can, and, and he, he, it's, it's an effort. Goes out saying that no matter how much he strains his brain, uh, it's not going to come to a, a, a true understanding, a complete understanding, or even a deep understanding. He will do the best he can do. Why? Not because he's looking for inspiration. Not because he's looking, he has a, he's curious or inquisitive. None of the above. Because the king demands. That's all. If he, can't, if he has trouble with the, the uh, most superficial dimensions of Elukus, trying to ha- come to some grasp of Yedias Atari, Yedias Elukus, how much more so with the essence of Orain Saif? Keep in mind, the Evan has a grasp of the essence of Orain Saif. Uh, he, he, he has a Yediva Hasaga in Ein Saif and in his Nasus of Ein Saif. Well, this man is, it's not even an issue with him at all. He has this idea of his Raymus Hafla Hashem, which has a tremendous impact on the Evid Nemon. On him, there's no, no impact, there's no relationship. Who, uh, um, why? He's totally removed from it. Now, it makes perfect sense. If the Avid Nemon is in the Shama of, uh, of Bria, uh, so Atzilus is not far away. Yes, there's a Hefzik, yes, there's a Parsa, yes, this is Netzel, and this is Nivra. All of those things are true. But the intensity of the glow of Atzilus is perceived in Bria, and therefore the Neshama, the root and, sor- and source of the Neshama of the Avid Nemon is basking in the Sashayach to it, he's sitting there, he's, he's, he's in a position to perceive. This guy comes from who knows where, from, from some low sphere of, of a sea, <coughs> in which there is no such glow, and there is the tzimtzumim, and the concealments are maximal. Therefore, where's he going to come to some, uh, come out to Asav, if we're inside, yeah? it's not a possibility for him. Um, um, and what he does know, what, what he's probably heard about it, what he does, B'derach Makif, B'derach Makif means that it cannot be internalized. He's in some vague sense aware that such lofty concepts exist or that such lofty things exist, but he cannot imagine how, what, and why. That's the Makif, that's the, the superficial, cholistic uh, dimension of an Indian he may know or know about, um, but the toichen of the Indian, the, the, the meat of the, the substance of the Indian, in a way of real grasp, real internalization of, of the Indian, ain't a shaykh, not shaykh to such things. It's a simple story, in this case, anyway. It goes without saying, this becomes a very very subtle. Uh, this is not, <laughs> this is, uh, we'll do our best. Mcholshkein goes without saying, she'ir inyan elokibinavshay. The inyan of elokus, in fact, does glow in his nefesh. How? Why? Even though he is on the level of lechtech achrai, has been explained already. Um, in, I should say, he is on the level of left teich achrai, which is, uh, has been explained already in Maimur um, Hashemai Masaprim, which I think was the first Maimur we began the series with. Well, what is left teich achrai? Left teich achrai is the Indian of Chesed Nuraich. I will remember for you 
the love of, of immaturity, the love of your youth, the love of childishness. How you went after me in the Midbar. Now if we go back, it's quite a, quite a, quite a while, it's, again, I think it's the first mimer in the series, uh, the Rebbe gives us a marshal uh, from the Mittler Rebbe of a child um, whose father leaves, disappears, goes away. That's a marshal. The child um, is devastated because the father is everything. The father, that's child and father after all. The father is everything. And his father has left him. Now the child can respond in one of two ways. The child can, well, the child would be absolutely devastated uh, and cry and be depressed and realize that when, when the father leaves, he, he leaves. Um, and, and after a while, look, life has to go on. That, and gradually the crying will stop and somehow or another he'll accommodate to his diminished life as an orphan. Uh, the smart child, the same age, the same smart child, said, no, <clears throat> father could not have left. Not possible. So I don't believe it. It didn't happen. He's hiding. That's the child's vision. Be why? Because he's on a level higher than the, the other child used his mind and his perceptions to see, well, here it is, oh, here's all the evidence. My father left me. Uh, this child says, evidence notwithstanding, um, uh, rationale notwithstanding, he didn't leave. Why didn't he leave? Because he couldn't leave. Why can't he leave? Because that's my father. And the child runs after the father with hardly any evidence to go on, with little to inspire, little to stimulate, with obstacles, with difficulties, with very little to gain, very little to uh, receive, so, so to speak, from his tremendous efforts. This whole thing is pursuit of his father. He knows the direction of his father, incidentally. He knows the path that his father would have taken. That's the path for Torah and Mitzvahs. And that's where he goes and he pursues it. Uh, with, with, without kavana, without feeling, without encouragement from the father. Every now and then it'll get, it'll get a little bit of a, a whiff of, of the father. The father will give him a little something. But Baklal, the face of his father, he does not see. He's following the back of his father, the achrayim, the, the whatever mechanisms, whatever details, whatever paths the father would take, that's what he is taking. He's following achray, achray the father, after the father. Um, and he pursues he pursues relentlessly, of course, the most of the Jewish people over the last 3,000 years. He pursues relentlessly. Um, and of course, Saif calls Saif, the father, is so delighted by this pure uh, determination motivated by the child himself that he turns his face eventually and we, we are reunited with our father. Well, the child is not unaware of his father. And we're talking about David as having no connection or relationship with the father. There is a relationship. And the, the, the relationship does, in a sense, come from the father. He knows, that's my father. He doesn't know very much about a father. Uh, and he doesn't, can't understand him. But he knows something of the essence of this great father of his. And that, that is his knowledge and that is his motivation. Similarly, the light does not glow in this individual. Uh, and here we're talking about the, the marshal is a good marshal for the avid pajad. Um, in, in the way of those neshams which are called avdei havai, havai is gili mamish. 
This is not an, uh, one of the Oivdei Havai, this is Oivdei Elikim. His Avaita is an Avaita in Gashmias. His Avaita is an Avaita in Teva. His Avaita is an Avaita in all the things we mentioned with respect to the Evid Pajit. He is struggling with physicality, darkness, concealment, restriction, limitation. That's what his Avaita is in. It's not in Or, and it's not in Aliyahs, and it's not in Hamshachas. This is what, he's the child running desperately after the father with seemingly very little to gain for, uh, from it, or, or, or having received very little from it at the moment. Ella, Iker Hu he is driven by oil, malchushmaim. He does not. You cannot argue about. You cannot reason something out of. Uh, you cannot reason somebody out of a shita that they did not reason themselves into. He didn't reason himself into this. This is pure kabbalah, which comes from etzem, and somehow a super rational, super. Uh, super revelatory connection that he senses with his father. It's all, but it's on his own. He's not being stimulated. He's not being encouraged. He's not being given uh, little treats here and there to keep him on the road. He is moving t- entirely on the basis of his own determination to unite with his father, to serve his father. Uh, and he, excuse me, he receives upon him the oil of the king through through year and pachad. And this is a servant to Hashem Yisbarach. Uh, yes. Okay. So we turn the page. Make sure I got the right page. Vagam. So now, now it gets a little complicated. <clears throat> I think so far it's not, it, it's more or less graspable. I say, well, this kid is something special. He, as amazing child, is taken upon himself from the, his, his essence, his very inner essence, from wherever he comes from, to pursue, to serve, to find, to, his whole life is only one thing, pursuit of the father. <clears throat> The Rebbe says, it would appear, however, that there's also a koyach and There is something coming from above. Because were there nothing, nothing coming from above, why would he pursue? Who is he pursuing after all? Ma'ashuhu yizbarah b'chinas melech. The Rabbeinu Shalaylam, the object of his exertion, the object of his life, um, is a melech. Not anybody, not everybody. The father marshal actually breaks down here a little bit because anybody can be a father, but not anybody can be a melech. There's something, so we go back to the nimshal, the pursuit, the exertion of this neshama, this evid poshet, with endless uh, self-abnegation and endless work is for the melech. Not just for anybody. There's something in the concept of Malchus which has driven him or which has attracted him or which has made him make the decision, shall we say, to, to serve instead of serving himself. So, the, I, so it's not exactly all one-sided. It's not a one-way street. The Mela has an impact. The concept of Malchus has an impact on the Eved Poshut. V'nikra Melech Yisrael. God is called Melech Yisrael. That is a given. That you can't take that away. There is no arguing or, or reasoning or any circumstances anywhere that can take that relationship away. 
Melech Yisrael. Ukamoi Malchus as in the case of uh, sovereignty of the king uh, below, namely, the, we go back to the marshal of an earthly king. All right. Roimimus Vihiznasus Hamelech, who should Gaurim Ema Vupahad al Anche Hamadina. The relation between a king, we're talking about the, the problem with this muscle is that it, um, in our day and age, there are no kings. There just are no such things. We've got these bozos around the world who are from royal families. Um, th- th- there's no concept of malchus here, for, not for the most part, for, for no part. So it's hard for us to appreciate. Again, I've always, we always use the example of Hasidus, of an emissary like, Indian of malchus is, is a Rebbe. That is the emes union of Malchus. People stand before a Rebbe, it doesn't matter whether they are masculine, or they are great Bali Avoida, or they are simple, or they are very simple. Uh, before the Rebbe, everyone is equal, and everyone is awe, in awe, and everyone is bitl betachlis. No one's going to say a word. No one's going to twitch. It's bitl betachlis. Why? Because he is who he is. Well, how do we know? Somehow we know. It's, it's a relationship which is established not on the basis of his writings or on the basis of his speeches or on the basis of anything in particular. It's on the basis of him. Um, this is the idea of, of a melech. Um, and the Anshe Hamadina, this, the, the fact his malchus is what is piled in the Anshe Hamadina, this idea of bittled, yira, the, the fear of him is on you. Now again, it's not like the fear of a rattlesnake, God forbid. It's the, the awe and fear. I mean, one could imagine the marshal standing before the Rebbe Dollars, which I had the opportunity many, many times, or in Fabrangen or wherever. But there's a closeness to the Rebbe. I mean, you do not scratch your nose. Let me tell you something. You, you do not twitch. You do not speak to your friend. You are, you are sitting there in a presence which overwhelms you, and God forbid you should do something unseemly. God forbid you should do something that, that is not consistent with a godless of this, of, of this holy person. Um, that's the fear. That's the awe. You're overwhelmed by the individual. That's the kind of fear we're talking about. I, I would use the word awe. The problem is, is because in common usage, it's become so overused. It could mean anything. You know, I mean, oh, that hot dog was awesome. I'm, you know, so we've got to be careful with, with, with Lushen. Uh, here's the key. Not everybody. Not everybody, as we'll see in a minute. <clears throat> Where does this come about? How did, how did it get to me, Melech? What, uh, you know, where, all of a sudden, he's, you have this Melech. How do, you, how do you train to be a Melech? How do you educate yourself to be a Melech? Well, you don't. Because the Melech is malchus is not expressed, self-expressed. It is something that is elicited. Mind you, it's a uh, dimension in the etzim of the nefesh, of a gadol, of the great greatest of, of neshamas, malchus, the union of malchus, but <clears throat> it does not <clears throat> come into any sort of practical, meaningful uh, expression <clears throat> unless it is pulled unless it is elicited by an am, a people. It's the people who make the melech. They have bevatled themselves before him, and they've accepted the yoke of the king upon them. So if we look at this in a sequential way, it's not that the king comes uh, into town, or a man comes into town, you know, here, I'm king, um, 
Uh, I would like everybody now to be completely subjugated to my will, obey my laws, and do exactly what I want. Oh, yes, absolutely no problem. Someone could do that, incidentally. That's what's called a dictator or a tyrant. Or, or, who has the fear of him is not the fear of the man himself, but the fear of the, the um, pain that he can inflict on, uh, on his subject. This man, where did he, how did he come out? He became out very simple. Because a, an Am came to him and said, uh, be our Melech. We, they, they, they were mavatl before him. And this elicited, drew out of him the union of Malchus, and he became a Melech because they willingly, of their own accord, willing, the willingness is critical here. Because if it's not willing, then it's tyrantship, it's a, it's a dictatorship, it's not a Melech. They have accepted upon themselves. Now again, the why, where, and what, it's a complicated story, but this is the, this is the dynamic. That the king, first of all, that Ebed Pajit, in fact, does have an influence from the king. It's, it's Pachad Nira. And that uh, elicitation from the king, however, itself is elicited or drawn from the Am on which it devolves. Um, therefore, the fear and awe is on them. Um, but it, it didn't come from nowhere. Machmas han isnasus shloim mitzad the hisnasus of the melech the godless the hisnasus of the melech. Well, the hisnasus of the melech was not was not visible was not apparent um, until he was pushed to become a melech, and then he revealed his hisnasus. And in, before that hisnasus, it's it's just uh, absolutely a, a, a an experience which nullifies. Or anything other than his own greatness, and people are mavatal to him. Lamashal, <clears throat> we could take a Rebbe, without using names, who is a person head and shoulders above everybody else, who is a young man, and whose life is a life which is private, it's quiet, um, it's a life of learning, it's a life of prayer. It's a life of maisim toivim and mitzvahs, which generally people are not aware of because he does it in a hidden way, most of it in a hidden way. Um, and this person um, is among the people. He highly admired, respected, looked up to, loved even, uh, whose advice is sought, who uh, inspires. He's a, one of, he's a very, very great man. Um, but he's not a melech. He simply is not a Melech, he's not a Rebbe. People start, for whatever reason now, Rebbe is needed. Uh, the previous Rebbe is no longer here. And they turn to him and they say, be our Melech, be our Rebbe. And he naturally doesn't want, because his whole life is a life of Aliyah. His whole life is a life of, of Tvekas, of Kedusha. And his thoughts and his ambitions, whatever one could say of ambitions, are to constantly ascend in Elukus and do whatever he does in this world in a quiet, private way, and to bring God's blessing into this world without drawing attention to himself. But they are mavatl before him. And this elicits from him this koyach, which has not revealed it himself, itself in him up to this point. All the other koyachs are revealed in him. His seichel, there's no question, it's beyond anything. His me is beyond anything. Now the Malchus is schlepped out of him by an arm. Be our Rebbe. And now that's what makes him Rebbe. What made him Rebbe? Those people. 
They didn't, they didn't make him a great person. They didn't make him a tzaddik. They didn't make him any of these things. These things he was on his own uh, uh, from his source and root and <clears throat> from his own efforts. But the idea of a relationship of Malchus, of Bittl before Amelech, this was drawn out of him, elicited from him, by an Am who were Mavatl before him. It's a famous story. I can't remember uh, the details, but uh, there was a... Um, a uh, uh, a, a chassid of uh, one of the rebbeim in Europe, uh, I can't remember which one, and he went to his rebbe, and he said, you know, rebbe, he said, for the last two weeks, my father has uh, been appearing to me in a dream uh, and pushing me, uh, exhorting me, I have to be a rebbe, the time has now come to reveal myself, I must now be a rebbe. Um, What's your sense? What should I do? So the Rebbe smiled. He says, okay, next time your father appears to you in a dream, go and tell your father to appear to uh, 5,000 Hasidim and tell them to be your Hasidim. Uh, you, you, don't be, you don't become a Rebbe. You, you are, uh, it is, in a sense, an unnatural thing. It's an unnatural state of being uh, which is elicited by an Am. So this is the dynamic between the ordinary people and the Melech, between the Evid Pajit Lamashal and the Melech. Now, not everybody's an Evid Pajit, but, the, but, but the, most people are Pajit, whether they're Avodim or not. Um, the essence of being Makabal, the Malchus, being Makabal the Rebbe, being Makabal Melech, it comes from the self. It's, it is driven by the will of the individuals themselves. Melucha is only through Ratzin. If it's not through Ratzin, if it's imposed in any way, if it does not involve the free choice of an Am, again, you don't have a Melech, you have a dictator. And uh, the world's filled with those. There are good examples of that. They, they, by being Makabal, they make him a Melech. It's their receiving, it's the recipients who make the Melech a Melech. And they put themselves in a position with respect to him that his fear is upon them. That's the choice is made by the people, not the king. The Haraya is a proof. So what is the proof? Shahari Melech Acher Supposing um, you live in a, 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 a land in which you have this, this, this great king who you're just absolutely negated to. Uh, and uh, one, uh, a, a, a bordering neighborhood, a bordering land, and the, the king comes to visit. And the bordering land is even bigger than your land. And the king of that land is even a king over more people than in your land. And uh, he is, has the same godless, the same kind of kingship, the same kind of a person that your king is. I'm sorry. He's going to come and visit, and he's going to be introduced in the city square, and everyone's going to come to see this king. And no one's going to, you know, be very nice, very beautiful, nice, nice to meet you, Mr. King. It's a pleasure. What can we do for you? How can we, how can we make your stay pleasure? Whatever. But no one is going to suddenly fall to the floor in absolute self-abnegation, even though he's a king. He's a real king. But he was not made a king by them. The relationship is not a king-subject relationship with them specifically. So this concept of a bond between a melech 
And an Evid is powerful. We, we do not yet have a concept, if we ever will, of how this is established, the mechanism whereby this is established, but it begins with the, the, the bittel of an Am to a Melech, which makes the Melech a Melech, and the retroact, I shouldn't say retroactively, but then causes the people to be, be in a state of pachet and yira to that individual. This other guy also has this nasus. He's not a small person. He's the same kind of a person that your king is, but he's not your king. So in your eyes, the hisnasus is not... Uh, he may have all the fine qualities. It would be interesting to see him, perhaps, or hear him speak, but he is not going to have the hisnasus that your king has on you. Why? For a very simple reason. They don't accept him as a king. I'm sorry. They accept him as a king. They do not accept him as their king. And therefore, this Nasus, the, the Malchus dimension, even though all the other qualities are there and perhaps even visible to some extent, the Malchus connection is not there and therefore it doesn't exist. It must exist only from the willingness of a people to be Mavatl before the Melech. Interesting. It's not true of everybody. It's not true, for example, of the Tsar. The, some uh, person, one of the... One of the uh, Servants of the king. Remember, we spoke of the Evid Nemon as is uh, uh, an Evid. He's a servant, but he's not a kind of servant who polishes the king's shoes. He's a Evid Nemon is a is a servant who is in the inner chamber of the king. He's the secretary of state, or he's the advisor to the king. He knows the king. He knows his greatness. He knows his godliness. He knows something about Malchus. He he enjoys the beauty, he enjoys the greatness of the king, he sees it, he lives with it, he understands it. And this is all part and parcel of his uh, love, this great love he has for the king, because he's in a position, an elevated position, in which to actually be able to perceive the greatness of the king, uh, in his mind and in his heart. Um, so but this is not the case, of the, no, no one else is in this position. So a prince who's in that position can see the same things, the same ideas in someone else, if they have them. Um, because he's, he's acquainted with the, all of this. Um, he could have an attachment or a feeling or a love even for another king because he knows what king is and he sees it in this other man. He, he sees the Rimus. The People don't see the Rimus. They Their bittle does not come from a perception of the hisnasus of the Melech. It comes almost bederach mamela. It's it's super rational. It's beyond perception, beyond mind and heart, so to speak. Um, this person, his the person of the, this would be the avidemon, the sar. His grasp of the godless of the king comes through his yediv hasaga. It's internalized. He knows it. He understands it. He perceives it, um, uh, and therefore he has a knowledge of is an internal knowledge, a experiential knowledge of this kind of israimus. Nonetheless, even with Ashley, well, so maybe he'll go to the other king. I mean, that's, that's always a consideration, I suppose. He won't. What with all that? What with all that knowledge? What with the appreciation of the godless and snasis of the other king? He will be only to his. At the end of the day, only his king will bring out that bitl in him. His whole mind, heart, and being will ultimately, at the end of the day, be concerned only with the welfare and the well-being of, of his king, even though he sees the qualities in the other king. Interesting expression. The, 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 there are two personalities to this individual. There's the Nivsar, 
uh, Naman or Oyev, and uh, Mitzad, the, the level of Sar, he has an appreciation and perhaps a love and an attraction to a, a great Melech. So Mitzad, that, it could be that he would be appreciative and perhaps be attracted and even desire to, to be involved with the other king. However, he's also an Evid. Mitzad, his Evidness, his Evidkite, um, it's only his, he's on the same level as everybody else. He has a split personality. He has, the, on the one hand, the level of Sar, on the other hand, he has the level of Evid, and the Evid always wins out because that's the union of Essen, that's who he really is. So um, even though he can appreciate Malchus in a general way, and in someone else perhaps, he will always be the, the Bittl and the Emes, the relationship to Malchus will be only with his king. The um, comparability to this, or the, the, the Nimshal, of course, is Melech Malchem Lachem HaKosh Baruch Hu. That the um, essence of the concept of Kabbalah's oil mal shemayim, it comes from a koyacha etzim of the am. Um, I think we'll end here. Uh, we'll see this a little bit later on. We're all familiar with this idea from Rosh Hashanah. We'll continue with this.